0: Welcome to Magic Monday. I'm Tess Whitehurst, spiritual author and spiritual teacher. And I'm Natasha Levenger,
1: energy healer, energy reader, and spiritual coach.
0: And this is a podcast about all the ways we experience and use the magic of the universe in our everyday lives. Hello. Welcome everyone. Happy full moon. It's a full moon oh, today.
1: Yeah, that's right.
0: It's a it's a bit of a
1: crazy one. Crazy we... full moon? Yeah, well, again, not an astrologer, but it's You're square... becoming an astrologer.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, kind of. I just listened to a lot of it. Um But anyway, it's Square Uranus. So it's like there's a lot of, it, there could be like a real upheaval
0: oh. or something <laughs> yeah, coming. have because we I haven't know. had enough of that lately.
1: I know, right? <laughs> it just represents like a shake up. Oh, a, okay. Yeah.
0: Well, so. I do. I mean, that can be purifying and healing. Mm-hmm. And we Definitely. are in that, we're kind of used to that. This is 2020. Yep.
1: Yeah, I've had so much shakeup purely cat related that that I'm just like okay whatever (laughs) at this point whatever else happens yeah so for those of you listening unfortunately who heard last week that Denise was sick she unfortunately passed away the next day yeah so that was really sad um I've said in other places, I hope, threes, I hope it is in threes. The weird thing is that my daughter was like, when our first cat died, two weeks before that, she was like, things happen in threes, what's next? And I was like, things don't have to happen in threes, uh, stop it. But then it did, and she's never said that before. So I feel like she was kind of picking up on it. Yeah. Because then Keith ran away, he's still gone. Everyone's been so sweet. A lot of people have asked me if Keith is back He's not back. He's still gone, but I have been getting just from like my own information plus picking cards plus talking to the person that I trade with that does what I do. It does seem that he's safe and he just like wanted to go (laughs) and he's with somebody else. So that gives me um, makes me feel better. But it is just, both my daughter and I have been dreaming about him a lot. Like, he visits us, and that's sad. Yeah. It's like, why don't you just come back? If you're visiting us in your dreams, in our dreams, and just come back. Come home. Yeah. Yeah. But he seems to be, what the person who does what I do that I trade with said was that he has left on, like, he wanted to be of service, and this man that he found is lonely, and it's like his pet now like it's like he's helping him Uh. so who knows i mean i definitely am getting this huge you know we've talked about it before maybe last time about that that animals are really hearing a call to hear their own mission so i mean it would make it would make some sense So anyway, it's that part has been rough, but I've been having great Merkaba meditations where I've been floating in spheres of love and seeing all different colors and opening up my throat chakra. So that's also happening.
0: That's awesome. So that's um, we this is this meditation that Natasha and I like to do called the Merkaba meditation. We specifically like Christopher Penzac's version in Ascension Magic, in case you're wondering.
1: Yeah, I only do – I've been not listening to it. I've been doing it my on my own. That's what I like and, to do best, too. Yeah, and I stop, actually, after the first part. You know how you can go on? There's, like, different levels. Yeah, extended yeah. version. Yeah, I just even – I get so much out of the first part that I'm like, maybe I'll go on later. But then you have to open your eyes. Anyway, it's complicated.
0: It's a really complicated meditation, <laughs> but it's worth it. And you yeah. get the hang of it after a while.
1: yeah. So that was my week. I'm trying to think. I forget what cards we pulled.
0: Oh, yeah. So if this is your first time listening, welcome. And at the beginning, we talk about, because at the end of every podcast, we draw a card for the week. And so at the beginning, we talk about the card we drew last week. And last week, I drew uh, BU, the orchid card from my Magic of Flowers Oracle deck. Um, And it was about... Your uniqueness, like letting your uniqueness be what it is and taking joy in yourself so that you can express your, you know, what you want to express creatively or in your relationships. And then you drew, was it Sky Tom last week? Yeah. From the Mystical Cats Tarot, which was, was it about codependency? It was like about kind of healing, letting go of unhealthy connections kind of thing. Oh, yeah. Is that Mm -hmm. right?
1: Yeah. Which actually does make sense like, letting – I mean, part of that, making that decision for Denise, I had to let go of my need to keep her here and, you know, listen to her needs for, you know, that she was too sick. And, yeah. like, same with Keith, letting him have his path, just continuing that path.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like this last week for me, I think I probably did do both of those things, but it was so, like – I felt so singularly merged with whatever I was doing. Like mm. if I was writing, I was completely right. And I, w- I woke up and I was like, okay, what am I going to do today? And I feel like I was like really present with all of the things I was doing in a way that had a lot of like silence and stillness and calm and it was really nice. Yeah, so the very Zen amazing. week for me, I guess.
1: That's great. Yeah. That is that. Uh, did Leo week start last
0: week? Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. Maybe you're just like feeling that sun like I don't know moving in and into it, it is
0: moving toward my solar return. There is that. And oh, then I yeah. have been doing um a lot of akashic clearing work and mm, clutter clearing. Yourself? Well, I have yeah. done it on myself. Yeah. Um not a lot on myself because it's good to kind of space it out. But mm. um I have once a week been doing clearings with people for charity. I've mentioned this before. I do Mm -hmm. one Akashic clearing session a week and then donate um, the fee to charity. And I feel like even when I'm not doing it on myself, it does still create clarity within myself because I'm resonating with – I mean, we're all one, So and we're tapping into the Akashic records and clearing some challenging pattern, and it does create deep stillness within me. So, Mm. yeah, it's been – a really nice week for me I mean that's like it's great within the weirdness I mean it still is there still is the uh fatigue of this weird time on earth and everything but yeah. that's only that's <laughs> getting worse in some places it's just
1: oh my god looney tunes yeah. looney tunes time yeah um okay so today we're gonna have a guest which we're so excited about yeah. but um first I'm going to do my ad for yeah, Magic <laughs> Monday being brought to you by me. Yeah. So I have this program called 11 Emails with 11 Spiritual Tools for $11. And it's just a really great way to have these um, spiritual tools at your own pace for a really cheap price. Um, you can you get 11 emails over 11 days, but... Um, but you can pace them out, like you can do them whenever you want to. So I'm just going to read from my website what I said, which is these short practices will make a difference in your ability to cope, your inner sense of peace, and increase your ability to feel self-love. And over this, each email will have a short activity that you can complete in five to 10 minutes. If you want to spend longer, you can, but you'll be able to do it in a short amount of time. They include Um, written guided meditations, techniques, mindset exercises, and more. And the topics include, of course, inner child work, gratitude, letting go, self-compassion, calling your energy back, grounding, and more. So if you want to sign up for that, you can go to my um, highestlighthealing.com, and there's a little button at the top, and you can just click on that and sign up.
0: Yeah, so perfect to talk, uh, speaking of this weird time on earth, to have these like nice little quick- yeah. Inspiring things to shift your energy and inspire you. and Because that is one of the blessings. I mean, it's I I don't like to be like, there's blessings in this challenge. (laughs) But I also do, because there are. And that is, you know, we were talking about that with, were we talking about it with Melissa? Or was it before our interview? I don't know. About what? About how you feel like you're a a different person since the beginning of this COVID crisis. Which I can really relate to, too. Like so many long-standing sort of blocks or challenges or limiting beliefs just just gone
1: yes I mean I can't believe uh, like specifically because of my difficult relationship with my mom um, it's like I had a really hard time with female friendships for a really long time and I've noticed now it's like completely transformed like I have so many nurturing really great female friends in my life that keep but And it keep coming in. And I really think it's like since this pandemic started, just clearing this stuff out. It is a blessing. We have received more light. I mean, I do think this extra light is part of why we've seen this whole racial justice movement come yeah. up. I yeah. mean, yeah, it's, it's like it's, actually yeah.
0: what we what, what you're going to hear in a minute with Melissa in a way, like how she talked about the subconscious when yeah. it doesn't match you know, what you're consciously wanting to manifest that it can be like a tower situation where you have to kind of go through some stuff in order to bring the, well, you'll see. Yeah. And the (laughs)
1: light's coming forward. And we are also getting externally more light from above is my experience of it. Um, But yeah, that actually is when I came up with this E- the 11 emails is when the pandemic started because I was like, people are exhausted from this and they don't have a lot of time. Yeah. And a lot of people are hurting financially. So, you know, a great way to support. I found people is to just give like little nuggets of my, the tools that I use all the time. um, And just in little bite sized pieces so that they can, you know, get quick relief right away. Um, but it is true. I mean, for longer results, you consistency. I really think is the key yeah. with anything. You yeah. know, it's there's no magic pill, unfortunately. Um, okay, and then before we get to our uh, interview, we just want to say thank you to everyone who's reviewed us on Apple Podcasts and anywhere else. We really appreciate it. It really, really helps us when you write reviews. It helps us to be um, seen. But yeah, I don't so know how you. they do it there but yeah thank wherever you, so much. you listen and to the podcast if do. you
0: could write us a review we'd be so grateful and also tell your friends if you have friends you think might like our podcast let yeah. them know and we have a phone number now if you want to ask us a question oh we're going to do that now oh sorry did I get it wrong no. I thought we were
1: <laughs> well we can it <laughs> okay. feels in the flow you're right so yeah we're because we have our interview um, if you have asked a question this week we're gonna do it next week but um so yeah call in it's 828-333-7181 and um we i'm i don't know for me i'm super excited about this voicemail i just have always wanted a call in advice shell
0: <laughs> and it's now happening
1: <laughs> <laughs> all righty so and yeah, we will, we'll introduce Melissa on the interview where we love her so much and we know you will too. So here it is.
0: Okay. We are so excited to be here with our dear friend, Melissa Tipton. So let me tell you about Melissa. Melissa is, Melissa Tipton is a Jungian witch, Reiki master and tarot coach with a background in body work and hands-on healing. She's the author of Living Reiki, Heal Yourself and Transform Your Life and Llewellyn's Complete Book of Reiki and the founder of Real Magic Mystery School. You can learn more and sign up for a free course that shows you how to alchemically transmute difficult stuff into spiritual gold at Real Magic dot school. Melissa, welcome. <laughs> I'm so excited to be here. We are so excited to have you. So let's, um, maybe you can start out by telling us about Jungian magic. What is yeah. Jungian magic?
2: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. My favorite topic. Um, <laughs> so Jungian magic is the nutshell version is it's a blending of psychological insights from a Jungian perspective, with magical techniques, with the idea being that together they really increase the efficacy of your magic, Ooh, um, wow. and it That's really
1: amazing.
2: It, yeah, it came from my own personal practice. The way my brain works is I'm always like tinkering and experimenting with things and trying to figure out what works, what doesn't, why doesn't it work, um, and in that process, combined with I've been interested in psychology for a really long time and fascinated with Jung also for a very long time. Those things came together in a way where I started to see in Jung's work um, very plausible reasons of why, for example, some of my spells just didn't work. Oh. Um, really cool. Yeah.
1: Like what? Can <laughs> yeah, you give us, 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 an, us example.
2: an example? Yeah. Yes. So, okay. So actually this will get at kind of the heart of Jungian magic for me, which is, this dynamic relationship between the conscious and the unconscious. So for example, let's say I wanna cast a spell. Um, I'm gonna pick something at random for $10,000. So I want $10,000. If we imagine this teeter-totter, one side is the conscious position, the other side is the unconscious position. So while I'm casting the spell, I'm focusing on, consciously, I'm focusing on, I want $10,000. This is my desired outcome. And all of my energy is starting to build on that side of the seesaw. So as it continues to build, it starts to get heavier and the seesaw kind of gets out of balance, right? You mean that your
1: unconscious starts taking over?
2: Mm -hmm. Well, in a way, yes, it is starting. Mm -hmm. Like energy is going to start building there to kind of bring us back to balance. Hmm. But in the interim position, the seesaw is just out of balance. And this is good. This tension that is created by this imbalance is what gets energy moving. Ah. So, and, and that to me is how I see, I mean, really all of life, but certainly magic working is like working with this tension of opposites. I think that's why like polarity um, yeah. gets a lot of attention and magic. And that's how I see that, at least in the context of a spell working. So again we've got this imbalance which allows energy to start moving and so the unconscious is noticing it's like oh wow we've got this imbalance the unconscious is always seeking to compensate and balance our conscious position and so the energy is going to start building in the unconscious now and if we were to focus enough energy on the conscious position that the kind of the writing of the seesaw happens like this pop in, you know, in a ritual or a spell. Mm. The seesaw then flies in the opposite direction and our energy goes out into the cosmos, bringing about our conscious desire. But now we have this seesaw that is imbalanced in the opposite direction. So we've got all of this unconscious energy that has built up and this is where in the past i wasn't really doing anything with that and some weird stuff would start happening after my spell so, so you would get, so
1: you mean like you'd get what you wanted for instance but then yep. a bunch of shit would come up is that what you yep. mean
2: i would essentially the opposite stuff from what i consciously wanted would start happening in my external reality i didn't realize it was courtesy of my unconscious cuz again it's trying to seek that balance hmm. So one of the things that I find interesting is that, I think I read this in a book um, by Robert A. Johnson, who's a Jungian analyst, and he said that the unconscious doesn't know the difference between, quote, real life um, and symbolic life.
1: Right, right. So we can
2: symbolically act out whatever the unconscious, if you will, shadow desires or like Mm -hmm. shadow spells are without actually, um, again, copious air quotes, like really acting those out and the unconscious doesn't know the difference and the the balance is then regained ah. without actually having to experience those shadow outcomes so
1: what would you do how would you act that out okay
0: wait yeah. <laughs> We I, yeah, so kind of, oh, okay. I have Sorry. to like catch up here so <laughs> i feel like you guys on the same page but i'm like i'm trying to understand what that means with the subconscious seeking balance like like mm-hmm. maybe give us an example so you cast a spell there's the conscious side that you're you know like I want ten thousand dollars I'm manifesting that I'm feeling mm-hmm. it, I'm sensing it, I'm believing in it so like what would for example the unconscious being out of balance with that would that be like you start it it realizes like oh my beliefs aren't supporting that or like how does that play out or would yeah. you
1: get like a big bill for the, for $10,000. Oh, yeah, like, or
0: get like yeah. uncomfortable in some way or yeah, like how, yeah. okay. Yeah. Those are all great
2: examples. The unconscious is so vast. So there's so many different ways that it can interact with our conscious intentions. Um, but all of those are definitely examples of what could happen. Um, so one of the ways that I work with that, um, and this will kind of get at what is that content also is this practice I call the shadow round table. It's just mm. a very simple meditation practice um, but in meditation, I go to a room that I have created on the astral plane and you can make it look like whatever you like. I like the like Arthurian King Arthur round table situation because that is oh really God!
1: Works. I'm sorry. I just have go to ahead. say. Melissa has like four planets in Scorpio, and this is the most Scorpio thing I've ever heard. Of my <laughs> like, life. I can see why when I met her. Table. I was just
0: like, oh my gosh, talk to me more. I you mean, know what's in your head. But seriously, the shadow
1: round table could not be more Scorpio. It's like, let's look at our secrets at a table. Right? I, love um, oh my God, I love it. it. It's so great.
2: <laughs> <laughs> okay, really quick, I have to just say something funny. My husband and I joke about this all the time. I was totally serious about this and didn't realize until later how ridiculous this might sound to another human being, but I think it was like a Friday night, and it's like, oh, we're at home, we're going to do something fun, and he's thinking, oh, we're going to watch a movie or something. (laughs) 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 I had just read some book, (laughs) and all these questions about basically tell me about your greatest trauma <laughs> and so I'm like, let's, like yeah, let's hang out and let's talk about our greatest trauma like crickets hey. and- <laughs> but to me that's like a totally yeah totally normal yeah. way to spend a Friday night I love oh my that God. it's no wonder try- we're
1: all friends and yeah. no wonder why I immediately was like I love Melissa yeah you gotta <laughs> love
0: that Scorpio energy yeah that
2: is <laughs> great- okay,
1: okay so so- I, take I just can't believe it
2: Okay, <laughs> okay, so back to the King Arthur Round Table. So in meditation, <laughs> you go to this round table. Um, usually, when I arrive, at first it's empty, and I sit down at the table and I kind of center myself and then invite whatever parts within myself oppose my conscious desire um, to come to the table. Mm-hmm. And without fail, at least one part, it's usually more than one part, will show up. And in that place my role, my is in my conscious role, is mm-hmm. mostly just to listen. I ask a lot of questions, but I'm not there to tell them what to do. or I'm just there to hear what are these unconscious objections or it's not even, sometimes objections is not quite the right word, but it's just that counterpoint mm-hmm. um, to whatever my conscious desire is. And I think a lot of times it's easy to, for example, perhaps there's fear there. I think commonly there's like this cultural idea of like, Oh, just get over fear, you know, just move, reject fear, whatever. But there's often a lot of wisdom hidden Mm -hmm. in the fear. And, and it does, I do agree. Like we don't want fear running our lives by any Mm -hmm. means, but there's still wisdom hidden there. And in this round table, I can, I can get at what, what are those hidden messages that the fear is trying to bring to my attention? But, you know, this
1: is, Oh, my God. I'm just dying on so many levels. But this is so much like inner child work, too, because I in inner child work, you talk to the inner child and you talk to the inner critic, too. And so, like, the inner child often has all the fears. And so, like, you know, you let them express them and you don't try to change that it. You mm-hmm. just hear it out and then the inner critic in my work is often an internalized parent Mm, so i mm -hmm. wonder for in this work what happens if like the opposite was just like well you could never you know if it was a critical counterpoint in the shadow Mm
2: -hmm. how do you yeah yeah so again the first thing is i just listen like you said um but often when i start asking questions about um, like, what are you afraid might happen if I were to do this thing? And there's always this element of protection. They're trying to protect me yeah. from something. Um, and when I get to what that underlying need is, um, that often is something that consciously I can agree with. It's like, oh, you're right, actually. I do need to have maybe better ah. boundaries in this area or so, you know, so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. And it's just once I get behind that, uh, almost like the the facade of like fear and the louder emotions that it's like, oh yeah, totally. That is something that I need to pay attention to and that I can consciously bring out into my daily life.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. I can relate to that actually from the Sedona method, which is a book that Natasha introduced me to, mm-hmm. that I did. I mean, I'm thinking of the specific time when um, one of the chapters is about looking at what you want to manifest and then looking at the fears that might be underlying that Mm. what would happen when you manifest it. And it was with money. And Mm -hmm. I remember, (laughs) I never really realized like, oh, I had a lot of fear about like, oh, how would I manage it? I don't even know how to manage money. Like that would be, I don't think I'm qualified to have that amount of money. And that was, (laughs) it was really useful to just be like, oh, and now I can look at that and be like, Oh yeah. I mean, okay. I mean, that's valid. I, but I can learn and I can handle it, but it is Mm -hmm. something to be aware of. Like, I don't want to just not be mindful of how to manage my money. Yeah. So that's a cool way to think of it. But, and and also I like that you're, um, instead of being like, if you, if you are pushing the fear away, then it, it gets more power. That Where yes. if you're like, oh, come on to my table. I Here I am. Mm-hmm. I feel very comfortable with you. What do you have to tell me? You know, it's a whole other yeah. dynamic. It's really cool. Yeah. And I think that you
1: invented the inner child or it came up with that concept. Oh, really? Where is that?
0: I read that recently. That does yeah. make sense. I mean, he's yeah. so archetypal.
1: Yeah. That's so interesting. I do wonder about when the inner critic is like, because it's true, there is a lot of value there. But then sometimes in the work, and my work, it's like, okay, no, actually there's no, you're just an internalized, you know, parent that's super unhelpful. And it's like <laughs> time for you to go. Right. Like it really is just like, okay, bye. Yeah, <laughs> we'll do here. Yeah. Don't we're
0: worry. like that that reminds me of the body critic. Like how I've been doing a lot of work yeah. lately on my appearance and my weight and like how that has had such a big deal, been such a big deal for me throughout my life. And like when I like, sort of turn that inner critic into a person, I'm just like, you're gross, like, exactly, I don't like you at yes. all, get out of here, <laughs> yeah, you know, and it did not, it isn't me, too, like, right. that isn't me, the inner child is, but, like, yes. that voice, that was, like, I don't know, like, some creepy men's magazine from the early 2000s or something, or am yeah. I also really <laughs> a an internalized parent, like, you know, I wonder
1: if it's similar to something your mom might have said. Right? Oh, no,
0: no, definitely my dad. Let's, your dad, Let's yeah. blame my dad on that one. Okay, great.
1: <laughs> um, Anyway, this is so fascinating. I love this. So then once you do that work, you find that your spells have more success? I did,
2: yeah. And sometimes when I'd come out of the round table meditation, I would have some kind of practical takeaway. Like we talked about like, oh, I've got to set more boundaries in this area. Or like what you mentioned, Tess, I've got to to learn some more tools for managing my money, that sort of thing. And that helped the seesaw just find that equilibrium again, instead of having to catapult the unconscious contents into my awareness so that I was paying attention to them. Um, And yeah, it definitely increased the success of my spells. Um, And it's just wild how working, I mean, I believe in this stuff, but it's like every once in a while, just having these really profound, like, holy crap, this really, really works. When you work on this inner, like all these inner parts, they really do ultimately want to bring you to this place of wholeness and satisfaction. They're not actually trying to destroy and sabotage you. It's just my ego doesn't always, well, it, it never knows the whole picture. And it needs that balancing from the unconscious to remember the fullness of who I am and not just the narrow sliver that the Mm. ego is approving of.
0: Yeah. Mm. I love that. That's so powerful. I love it too, because it's like, I, that is one of the ways I see magic and what we're doing with magical work is, shifting our set point you know like we Mm -hmm. learn from our parents oh this is how much money a normal person makes or this is how you're supposed to look or you know this is how hard life is or whatever from our culture our parents our hometown you know and then but with magic we get to go oh that do I need to keep having that be my set point or can I expand that can I open up to something else and can I choose that that's the magician archetype yeah right yeah
1: and also that part about the rebelling i mean it's in so many like i think in buddhism it's called satrashima i'm probably saying that wrong but there's a name for it that when you um get to one level of growth that things will blow up for you to clear out it's like a very you know i mean it's kind of predictable like as you that we do just have this limit there's that book um, the big leap. I think oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I love that. Yeah. Song. Plus, recommended You'd... that to me. I love it. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. So, there's a lot. I love using this technique too.
2: Yeah. It reminds me of the tower card in the tarot, which comes mm-hmm. like, pretty far along in the major arcana journey. But it's, yeah, it's the big explosion where the only things that are left are like the core truths that you really need in the next phase of your journey. But all the other, garbage that the ego has painstakingly constructed is just blown to smithereens. Yeah. And we hold on to
1: it because we're like, Uh but no, I need that. Uh (laughs) You know, when you see the tower, it's like, oh no, (laughs) but really it's always, I mean, just even, I was thinking about this in this pandemic, I have grown so Uh much. Uh Uh Like just looking back at the start, it's like, I feel like a different person Uh almost. Yeah. And it's like, it's just because, yeah, all of this shit is blown up that I didn't realize I didn't need or, you know, needed yeah. to come away. put puts
0: things in perspective. hmm Yeah, totally.
1: So what, um, with your school, can you tell us, like, do you, are, are you teaching a certain thing? Or what's, tell us more about what it is you do, like, yeah, yeah. How, how people can be involved
2: too. Yeah, so I offer core classes in Jungian magic throughout the year. Um, Those are just the really foundational practices that will come in handy. Whether you wanna continue with my school or not, I feel like they're just really good life and magic skills to have. Just learning how to work more productively, more effectively with your own psyche. Um, But then I also teach uh, at various points, different classes on things like tarot. I am obsessed with tarot um herbs okay. and other sorts of just magical oh, herbs uh, do
1: you have this up now or is this something that's happening
2: this I is a new school
1: a- oh okay, yes yeah. it's it's new, and i
2: do offer classes they're not open all year round i offer them cool, at certain yeah. points in the year so right now i'm cooking up a new class on tarot so that should be available probably in about a month
1: oh my gosh you're gonna be i mean i <clears throat> i would love to take tarot from you i can only oh, imagine
0: yeah me too so <laughs> now um when you work union magic do you start it, Is there like at the from the start is there a way an element of union you know wisdom in it or is it uh, does it come in later like after you do the spell then that's when you bring in uh, the union aspect
2: Gotcha. Um, Well, so on a, just kind of a dorky note, I do have (laughs) pictures of Jung, like on my altar and all of that kind of stuff. So I'm definitely like right from the start. And really every morning when I wake up, I ask to um, kind of tap into his stream of wisdom in whatever way that day. Interesting. Um, Yeah. And actually that reminds me of something. So a daily practice, speaking of tarot, um, is I always draw Uh, or I should say, since I've started practicing Jungian magic, I always draw two cards instead of just one daily card. Um, One card represents my conscious awareness Mm -hmm. or the unconscious. Mm -hmm. Um, Because again, that tension between the two is basically the battery that's fueling my whole life. So if I can get a little snapshot of what that tension looks like today... Um, just really interesting things can come from that.
0: Ah, that is fascinating. Do you use reversals for that? Um, I do, th- I do, yeah,
2: you can. I pro- maybe handle reversals a little bit differently than other people do, um, but yeah, you absolutely can work reversals into that.
0: How do you, How do you, handle, you handle reversals? <laughs> <laughs> I do that, <laughs> Natasha and I both want to
2: <laughs> I know that a lot of people have like their own unique spin on reversals. Um, one way is often to take kind of the opposing meaning um, for the reversal. And I sometimes like when I'm doing a reading, I'm like, yeah, that seems to fit um, what the energy is trying to tell me right now. But often it's more for me of, am I meant to be looking at this in a more external reality place or more is this happening, unfolding Mm. more inward? Um, Also, sometimes the reversal... Can indicate uh, kind of like a volume knob. It's like if it's reversed, it's like I maybe need to turn the volume down on this particular energy, mm. so that whatever message is trying to get through can actually get through. Because otherwise, it's like uh. that is just too loud in my mind, and I. Can't oh my hear. god,
1: you know I that. <laughs> I, that makes so much sense for when I'm. Pu- I don't, I'm curious what you think about this because a lot of times when I pull for myself, like I often will ask my friend Cassie or Tess, like, I'm like, just pull a card for me because I feel like whenever I pull a card, it's always like just reflecting what I'm feeling as opposed to the energy Mm. of the situation. Like for instance, when my cat ran away at first, um, like it was just reflecting my worst fears, but then they were getting really positive cards.
2: Hmm. Yeah, that's interesting. I think one of the things when I'm working with tarot, because I have to remember, like, I'm dealing with unconscious stuff. So there's going to be parts of it that my ego just can't quite grasp. Certainly not immediately. It's not going to be my ego's Mm. go-to. So sometimes I just use, I know I just said, oh, don't do this. But (laughs) this idea of like, okay, whatever my conscious interpretation of this card is, just as a like thought exercise, what would be the opposite? Um, Mm. of that interpretation. And just see if any of those aspects, if I have a reaction to them, either, oh, that's definitely true, or whoa, that could never possibly be true. And either one of those, um, the fact that I'm having that reaction to it indicates that there's probably some resonance in my unconscious um, to that bit of information that Mm. I maybe should get curious about.
1: (laughs) So what, I'm a little confused. So you mean, I should you should pull like the card wait say that again <laughs> I'm sorry
2: so let's say like with your cats like you were having these kind of like doom and gloom interpretations of the yeah. card then you could say okay what would be the opposite um oh. train of thought and then just see, see if any of those thoughts trigger some kind of emotional reaction within you I which see. Okay. yeah would indicate okay. that there's something there in the
0: unconscious for you to I look at.
1: see which is why I pulled those cards maybe
0: Mm-hmm. I would yeah. imagine. Yeah. See. Did you guys know, I recently read that Carl Jung uh, was really, his thoughts were, um, or his perspective was really important in the formation of Alcoholics Anonymous. Have you guys heard of this? Uh, it was- it was like one of the founders of Alcoholics Anonymous was an alcoholic and he was just like, couldn't find a cure. Cause you know, there hadn't, like, it was just, no one could figure out a way out of alcoholism. It was really hard. And I mean, it's still really hard, but um, he was determined. And then someone said, oh, you should go see this guy, Carl Jung. And he went, he traveled and he no went and met with Carl Jung and was like, how can I stop drinking? And Carl <laughs> Jung was like, I don't know. And then, mm. But then he was like, well, maybe if you could have an experience of the divine, if you could experience mm. yourself as divine, that would be my best guess. <laughs> and then yeah. the, the guy went and like founded Alcoholics mm. Anonymous. Wow.
1: I mean, it is a disease, but that makes a lot of sense. And actually, I was going to ask you, Melissa, how you would, um, because it does remind me so much of inner child work. Like at some point also with inner child work, I bring in the higher self and, mm. you know, add that dynamic. So I was wondering if that had a play, had a part in what you do.
2: Yeah, that's a good question. So I don't know, I'm kind of moving a little bit away from the language of the higher self. Okay. Um, sometimes we'll use it cause it's something that people recognize and, mm-hmm. but I am moving more towards the whole self or the total mm. self. Mm. Um, But to speak to your question, so one of the things that really spoke to me in Jung's work was this idea of the transcendent function, which I think is very close to communication with our higher self. Um, So the transcendent function comes about when there is a productive dialogue between the conscious and the unconscious. And those are those moments when we have like those epiphanies or this sense of of the divine, really. Mm -hmm. Um, I think of in the tarot, the lover's card, you know, we have the two polar beings, um, on earth, and then there's usually an angel or some sort of divine being that arises from the union of those two and gives us, uh, more options, which the lovers is a card, not only of just love, but choice. Mm -hmm. Um, and that transcendent function ushers in all of these alternatives and things that the ego just could not. Ah, I
0: love that. I love that. Like, that's that third option. Like when you're like, oh, is it going to be this? Or is it going to be this? And you realize you feel limited. And then you're like, what if there's another option? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, that's part of magic too. Totally. Yeah.
1: So how do you, you just call it in or how do you work with it?
2: Well, I do have practices where I call in my total self, but I also, I give a nod to Jung in that you can't force or manufacture that transcendent function. There Mm. is this part of the unconscious doesn't work um, at the demands of the ego. And that's Mm. what makes it so mysterious and sometimes, honestly, to the ego, just maddening and frustrating. Um, But that is where it gets its potency and its magic. And without that, life would be so dry and flat and empty. Mm -hmm. And so I do try and just honor that things are not always going to happen when I call. Um, I should say, I won't always consciously be aware of those things happening when I call, but things are brewing and moving and I might just have to wait before, yeah. you know, things come to fruition.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's like, I think of it as, or, or something I think of sometimes is that magic always works. It just doesn't yeah. always work the way you think it's supposed to.
2: Yes, yes
1: exactly. Yeah. yeah. And a lot of times, yeah. When we work with the essence of it, it's going to show up in an even bigger way in a way we couldn't have imagined.
0: And that, and always connected with that is the surrendering of the ego because you're not working magic with your ego ever. You're right. working yeah. magic with the whole self or the true self or <laughs> the divine.
1: Yeah. yeah. Um, so is there something that we haven't covered here that you feel like It's an important aspect because I don't even Uh, know what to ask. And it's also new to me.
2: There's one practice that I have been, especially in quarantine, it's been challenging, but whoo, it's been yielding some really rich results. Mm. Um, This practice I call waking dream work. So Mm. um, I regularly write down my nighttime dreams and work to interpret those, but I have been treating my daytime experiences as like, If this were a dream, Mm. I'm going to dream it just like it's a dream, and I will treat all of the different people in this daytime experience as aspects of myself in some way, um, Mm. all with messages of either things that I need to approve of that I might be rejecting or so on and so forth. And I just interpret my day as a dream. Wow. Um,
0: That is is so interesting. I like that with people who are difficult, too.
2: You know, like if you have difficult
0: experiences to be, to work with them, like they're a dream. That's fascinating. (laughs) Or something weird that happens or totally inexplicable. So then
1: how do you go about interpreting it? Jung was it? I mean, I know there's Jungian dream out uh, analysts. I cannot say any of those words apparently. (laughs) Um, So is there a specific technique that he taught or?
2: Yeah. So he would have probably used like active imagination and this idea of, it's less about maybe consulting a book on like, what does this symbol mean? Mm -hmm. Certainly he did agree that there are collective symbols that we are all tapping into Mm. for sure. But it's also very important to look at what are the personal associations that we have cloaked that symbol in throughout our life. Mm -hmm. And so by looking mostly at your reaction to, so let's say there's, I don't know, I'm gonna just make something up. Like there's an angry bear in my dream. So I'm gonna think about the angry bear and start coming up with associations. Like what does that bring up in me when I, what do I associate with angry bears? Um, Mm -hmm. And just kind of spin out that uh, line of thought. And usually, um, especially if I don't go too far into the weeds, you can kind of, I don't know, with practice I kind of get a sense of when I'm just getting, it's just straying too far away from the original dream. But if I stay in that realm, that environment of the dream, things that might seem totally nonsensical and weird, by the time I'm done getting at my associations with it, like what it means to me personally, I'm like, oh, Mm -hmm. that makes total sense Mm -hmm. that that showed up as an angry bear and why Mm -hmm. it was interacting with this character Mm -hmm. that way and so forth.
1: So by delving into how you feel about that angry bear...
2: Yeah, it's less about, like, when I was working with clients a lot with DreamWork, one of the major obstacles I saw was that they were worried about interpreting it correctly. Like, mm-hmm. what is the right interpretation of an angry bear? Um, and for me, it's been most productive of, like, what does the angry bear mean to me? Like, mm-hmm. what does that elicit within me and that would give me all the information that I needed to know whatever the dream was trying to mm, yeah. what does it mean to that
0: mean that is what I counseled too as far as dream interpretation which I learned from Ted I always have to give Ted oh. credit is to be like because he, he'll say well what do you think that means and then I'll say I don't know it's just crazy and then he'll say oh but if you had to guess and then I'll be like uh. oh well if I had to guess I would say it symbolizes how sad I am about this situation. And then it, mm. it'll be like, and that's really obviously what it is, you know, like right yeah. away. So, Absolutely. and that, I think that helps with intuitive messages a lot because people that I feel like that breaks through that barrier of like, but I don't know, you know, mm-hmm. I don't know the right answer. Mm-hmm. I'm going to get marked off on the quiz, you know, <laughs> but if you say like, you know, I, well, if you had to guess, what would it be? I
2: love that cue. Yeah. yeah. I'm
0: really yeah. going to use that. That's yeah. great. Yeah.
1: I still just make Brett tell me what my dream means.
2: Because <laughs> he's really talented
0: at it.
1: He's so good at it. He did it this morning and my daughter was there listening. And um, uh, she's like, you're good, dad. And I was like,
0: I know. <laughs> well, he knows all you guys. Is he able to do it with people he doesn't know also?
1: No, that's what he says all the time. He's like, I can only do it with you because I know you so well. Yeah. But it was really crazy today because he was like, I was like, we were at this, I'm not going to go into my whole dream, but just like we were at this party and then you were, um, I was waiting for you. And then at the end he was like, I represent you. You were waiting for yourself to get past And I was like, yeah, he's really good at it. But anyway, yeah, I, it's better to figure it out yourself <laughs> so you don't have to <laughs> rely on uh, If you don't live with Brett. Yeah, that's yeah. right. If you live at <laughs> first, get to know them really well. <laughs> you can't just move it. <laughs> um, all right. Well, we should wrap up in a minute, but is there anything? Yeah, again, just like I mean, I feel like you've covered a lot and it's so fascinating. So if we want to know more, um, what do we do? We go to where your do website? we go? Yeah, where yeah. do we
2: find you? Find me at my website. It's at realmagic.school. And you can also find me on Instagram at Real Magic Mystery School. And on Instagram, I post daily on all sorts of magical, wonderful stuff.
1: Yeah. And when you sign up for your free newsletter, you get a really cool... Um what is it? It's, I think you mentioned it at the beginning, but you'll say it Yeah,
2: it's an alchemical course. So it's taking just really challenging stuff in your life and turning it into really juicy, um, profound insights and satisfaction. So yeah. you'll get a four day course, totally free on that.
0: Awesome. It's, it's That's really the Scorpio great. energy too, because Scorpio is the alchemist, <laughs> the transformation. Okay. <laughs> so thank you so much, Melissa. It was a pleasure to talk to you. yeah thank thank you you so
1: much for being here this was so fun i really appreciate you having me on yay all right bye bye okay we hope you loved it It we love talking to her so now what are we doing is it time for my segment Mm -hmm. it's time for the energy report okay I'm sitting on a piano bench that's kind of squeaking if you hear any noise oh I didn't I notice, know but producer Brett, I don't will know be able what, to take what that your, out but oh what's that okay. I said I don't know if producer Brett will be able to take that out but um, that's what it is if he didn't um anyway so yeah the energy um <laughs> the energy report is a is the week the trend that I saw in the energy this week of um, the clients that came to me and also myself and it does seem to be um, still codependency does seem to be a theme and then if we're going even further with that about getting your information from your highest self I know Melissa was saying she doesn't like that term but I feel I, I do because I do believe there's also like a more divine self that's is still a part of you, of course, but it's more light filled and able to have a more expansive view than, than we can in these bodies. Um, so anyway, it's about, um, I forgot why I
2: mentioned
1: first place, <laughs> oh. but, oh, getting your own information, getting your information from your highest self. So as opposed to getting it from, let's say you're in an entanglement or you're, um, I don't know, um, fighting with your partner or um, your family. There's been a lot of family stuff this week. Um, Making sure, when I say codependent, what I mean really is either feeling responsible for other people or um, giving up your power to them. Um, Giving their information and their perspective more power than your own. So, um, you know, this is <clears throat> a process, but there are ways it's again, consistency coming back to the self. How do I feel about this? Well, what is my perspective? And it helps when you get, sometimes when you're in these kind of enmeshed relationships, it's hard to know what you feel versus what they feel. Is my guilt mine or am I feeling this? Cause I, their energy is in my space, mm-hmm. you know? Um, So one thing that I'm going to suggest for this week is do the thing I love, which is expanding your energy outward. So imagining first in the center of your head a gold ball of light. Let that expand, 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 and then pushing out anyone's thoughts that are not your own and then letting gold light you can either imagine it coming from a big sun above your head or just letting that light in your head expand through your body and get bigger, bigger, bigger. So get bigger than the room you're in, the city you're in, the, the eventually bigger than the earth. And then bring yourself back down to a size that feels good, but is still large. So that's kind of a way to Clean out other people's energy, but also own your space more. So like you get more of a feel like, okay, this is my space and then support once you have that supporting yourself from there. So if you're feeling guilty, you know, you can talk to your inner child or you can say like, you know, okay, what is mine? Is this my feeling? Or what do I want to do about it? You know, go from there as opposed to what do they want? What are they thinking? You know, what do they need? It's you, you, you coming from your heart. And then I put this on Instagram yesterday. um, But a really great image, I was Um, working on a client and her on a being level showed me this image because she it was like she had little rabbit ears coming from the top of her head getting information from everybody else but not her so imagining there's a big like um stream of light like a column of light and you have a cord in that column of light going from the top of your head the crown chakra to a big huge sun above your head and that sun is just like pure gold light pure energy of your highest possible energy. So first you put a cord there to the sun and that's your own information, your highest information. So first you have that connection and you can, it's so funny I do this if I feel a buzzing in my crown when mm. I do this. But so you feel that, or you don't even have to feel it like I do, but it just, it opens the gates and you can uh, just to your energy and make sure you determine that only my highest energy comes in here. And then if, imagine that, if you've been giving your energy out or take getting information from other people, collapse the rabbit ears and then just release it and send it up to the light. Send it up to that sun and just watch it kind of dissolve and turn into your own. It just dissolves and then it's only your information. So oh. you're just releasing their information. You're releasing your need to get their information. You're releasing these antennae. That is tr- coming from you trying to pick up on everyone else and just collapsing it and putting it up so you're only going to receive your energy.
0: Oh, I like that. So just
1: like an antenna just to your own highest self. Mm-hmm. So that's just a way to start with boundaries, calling your energy back to, you know, really um, uh, owning your space. Your, it's your space and how, you know, we are here in this body for one lifetime. So it's like let's be a little more precious about how we're protecting our energy in terms of honoring the self, not in terms of shoving people out, but in terms of like, oh, wait, I have needs too, and this is important, and I don't have to be in relationship with anyone that's not serving me. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that was it.
0: I loved it. <laughs> yeah, that I, can, I, I was just talking to someone about um, how – when i mean i was thinking of my mom that being raised with her like it, that it, it it took quite a while to really release her perspective of me from my own like to kind of tease it out of what i am thinking about myself versus yes. what she's i know I assume I know (laughs) she's Mm -hmm. thinking about me and that you
1: actually don't even know but she with narcissists it's hard because they do inflict their thoughts feelings opinions on you as if they're fact Uh but then the thing is they change all the time too I don't know if your mom was like that but this is common with narcissists my mom was like this where it's like one minute she'll think one thing and I'll be like oh no this is bad and then I'll be like, oh, this is bad. She'll be like, what? That's not bad. And I'm like, what? Two yeah. minutes ago, this was bad. Like, so it's just they're constantly changing. That's why I say you don't know what she's really thinking.
0: Yeah. um, Yeah. And then how it did. I mean, when I had the big sort of tower incident, you know, like, thinking of Melissa, what we're talking about with Melissa, I did, I thought of that moment when I was like, oh, my relationship with my mom is really unhealthy. Like, this is really, I need to, something needs to change. And it was like this huge, huge shift that was really healthy, but really hard. But yeah. I remember after that how it took me some time to just, like, realize, like, I would be thinking, oh, yeah, I'm a bad daughter. I'm such a bad daughter. Really, like really hurt her feelings. That was really mm. hard for her. You know, and then I was like, wait, wait, wait. No. Okay, let me remind myself of exactly what happened. Like, yeah. that you know, I, like, had to over and over just be like, that's, th- that's not – I'm not pulling that in anymore. I'm not letting that be yeah. – within my perspective of myself anymore yes yeah it's
1: hard it is you have to like because it's been bred in you literally until yeah. <laughs> from the time you were born yeah this perspective like wait a minute am i am i not a bad person i mean the there's this great book on narcissism called um will i ever be good enough daughters of narcissistic mothers have you i'm read pretty sure book? i read it yeah, and it's just, I mean, this is the message that we're given that we'll never be good enough. Because yeah. it's like, and you're trying to get, um um hit a moving target, you know? Like, it's just, it's always changing, like I said, what the parameters are. Yeah. So that's why we have to figure out our own parameters. Yeah, and then a lot really, of
0: people yeah. that probably are listening to this podcast, like when you have alternative spirituality, if you were raised with – A more traditional form of spirituality that can I mean that was part of it with my mom too was Mm. that was at a different level where I had to be like no I really think I'm not gonna go to hell
1: (laughs) Mm. I don't even think
0: that's I don't think that resonates with me at all as a concept but that took a while too and so I many of our listeners might have that to be like wait yeah you know, that's not yeah that's no. not
1: something that will happen,
0: yeah yeah that yeah. can be that kind of codependency thing in a way too, as taking on that perspective of oh my mm-hmm. spirituality is evil,
1: yeah, and then on maybe a lesser level, it's funny because I have this um friend that is like not at all codependent at all and um no that must be nice I know right (laughs) one day (laughs) one One day day. I know it's truly freeing it's funny you say that because I am kind of feeling like I wonder if this is my next big shift is Mm. really just releasing it completely
0: oh yeah let's I'm gonna (sighs) set that intention yeah
1: because there was this I had this other friend who I feel like I've talked about this person before but is like, guilts me, or I don't want to say guilts me, but certainly comes with guilt. I don't end up buying into it. But she tries to, um, like, reconnect every now and then. And I'm just like, no, that's not healthy for me. It's not a healthy relationship. But I still do have some guilt a little bit. And this friend of mine, who's not codependent, is like, you know, it, I don't know it's funny. He said it to me in a certain way that just really hit me. That I think about all the time. He's like, "You don't have to be friends with anyone you don't want to be," Natasha. Uh, and it's like, oh, <laughs> you yes. really
0: don't. It's so simple and so true. Yeah, thing it's to remember. So simple, and
1: I just like it's like a solve whenever I think about that yeah. comment. I'm just like, yes don't have to be and it doesn't make me a bad person it's no. just like no that's not for me yeah that's you know? very that's inspiring yes isn't it yeah Oh, so glad you have the same reaction <laughs> it feels so
0: powerful it does because i i didn't realize till you said that 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 isn't what i thought i thought like oh yeah i set a boundary with that person and that it's kind of because i'm kind of a bad person. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. But I really, that's just if how I was, it goes. Yes. When you set a boundary, you have to be a bad person. Like you're right, that isn't true. That can be yes. part of the boundary. Like, no, I yes. get to pick who's my friend and who isn't. Oh I God, get to it's pick. So
1: freeing. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I don't feel, I don't think I feel that way with all boundaries, but I think especially when someone's like, oh, I'm just this nice person and I just want to be your friend and I don't know what's wrong with you that you won't be my friend. It's like, oh, no, it doesn't feel good to me. So I'm not going to agree to this, but I still feel bad about it. Yeah. Yeah. But you don't have to. Such a great attitude.
0: Yeah. I love that. All right. Okay. Now it's time for... Practical magic. Okay, so this week, this is what feels right to me this week, is enjoyment and Mm. relaxation and just being. I agree. Yeah, and it's this, I mean, in the Northern Hemisphere, it's the summer, it's the middle, getting closer to the end of the summer, and we've just been through so much, all of us, and we... in. In the magical spiritual path, so many of us are constantly like, "Okay now what's next? now I'm gonna do this now I'm gonna heal this and now I'm gonna draw in more money and now I'm gonna heal my relationship and it's and that's great. I think that's wonderful. I'm all about that and it's important to sometimes appreciate where you are and all that all the blessings that are already here yes yeah. you know
1: what that was actually part of what I was going to say about owning your space oh a really and I've said this before but I'll say it again a really big way to own your space and potent way is to celebrate yourself
0: yeah. acknowledge
1: your Yeah, what you've done, how you, you know, whatever it is. Yeah, go on.
0: And it is Leo season, so that does also lend itself to celebrating yourself. But so for magic, your magical spiritual practice this week, whatever you choose to do magically, like maybe it could be a bath ritual. You could walk barefoot on the grass. You could prepare a delicious meal and eat it mindfully. Mm -hmm. But let it be a ritual. Those would all be good examples, but let it be a ritual of... Just enjoying what's here, like connecting to your body, connecting to sensual pleasure and can and appreciating the abundance that's already in your life and the success you've already accumulated and the friends and relationships you already have, like letting all of that be because it. That too, I mean, the reason we're doing it is to enjoy. And that's why we, I mean, part of why we want to do magic in the first place is to feel joy and feel expansion, feel abundant. Um, But it also actually is useful for becoming more magnetic, you know, when you Mm -hmm. appreciate what you already have. And you stop, you know, for just a moment and I mean, you could like your ritual could be cleaning your house, but it could be with like, oh, I'm creating this beautiful space and I'm appreciating my house and creating space for myself to relax and enjoy life. You know, that would be the intention. So I'm not saying you have to not do anything, but yeah. when you focus on that intention of enjoyment and appreciation, it gets you into a receptive state Which helps all your other magical intentions manifest also. Yeah.
1: I love it. I've really been feeling like um, clearing clutter again. Yeah. And cleaning, cleaning. Yeah. It
0: does. That feels right to me too. I think that's part of why I had such a Zen week because I had recently cleared so much clutter. And that, yeah, Yeah, created some space and some clarity
1: yeah it really is interesting how it works, like right. I had a big urge to clean clutter right before I started um m- launching my class, and mm-hmm. then it was like I did that, and I was like, oh, I have energy for this like mm-hmm. you know, yeah, yeah you're like a lot of positive clearing energy. the
0: decks, yeah, cl- yeah yeah unsticking stuck energy, so then you it comes back to you and also yeah. clearing the space, creating that clarity in order to create something new, yeah. And being in that flow of, um, because that magical principle of the law of vibration, that everything is always shifting and changing. So clearing clutter is only going to improve your vibration and help you to get into a more positive momentum rather than the other way around.
1: Right. Do you have clutter to clear?
0: Well, At this point. currently no, um, because hmm. I just recently cleared so much. Although I'm sure oh. I could, if I needed to, I could find, really? like I could probably roll up some loose change. I could oh, clean out change. some crumbs out of some drawers. You know what I mean? Like I, what? Def- crumbs. Oh, crumbs. Like oh, I'm thinking yeah. of my kitchen crumbs. drawer. It's mm-hmm. kind of got mm-hmm. some crumbs in it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, I, there are some areas I could clear clutter, but I mostly I not. Yeah, mostly not.
1: I'd love for you to come over I, if you ever are here in my town. I will be back. I'm sure. I love yeah, your town. I hope so. And just come in, not in any of the shared spaces because that's obvious, but just like in my areas, I
0: wonder if what you would find. Like fun, from a feng shui perspective? Yes. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, we could do or we could do a phone consultation or something if you want. Oh, that'd be exciting. All
1: right. That's another story. I just, yeah,
0: real quick. I just remembered that when yeah. I did visit Asheville, I was with Melissa. We took a road trip from Columbia, Are Missouri. Are you
1: serious? Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm sad I missed you that
0: Next time. Next time. I would love yeah. to do that again. That was oh, fun. Oh,
1: that's so fun. Um, Okay. So shall we do our um, housekeeping? Yes. Okay. So, as we mentioned, you can call us at 828-333-7181. You can ask us a question on magicmondaypodcast.com. You can find us on Facebook at Magic Monday Pod, on our listener group. You can ask to join Magic Monday listeners. Yeah, that's Magic Monday Podcast. Magic Monday Podcast listeners. Okay. I believe yeah, I think so, too. And Magic Monday podcast on Instagram. And you can find me at highestlighthealing.com. Sign up for my newsletter. You get um, some meditations, and you can schedule a session with me there. And um, and I am scaling back my sessions a little bit, so just FYI. Um, and what else am I saying? Oh, Instagram, highestlighthealing.
0: And where can we find you? You can find me at tesswhitehurst.com. That's where you can find a lot of spells and rituals and meditations and online workshops. You can find me on Instagram at Tess4444, on Facebook at Tess Whitehurst, author on Twitter at Tess Whitehurst, and on YouTube at Tess Whitehurst.
1: Yay. Yay. All right, so what
0: deck are you picking from this week? I am picking from my very own Cosmic Dancer (laughs) Oracle that I wrote. That's You sure (laughs) did write it. (laughs) I was uh, a friend of the podcast. A friend of mine and Natasha's was just telling me that I needed to – be more clear about when I'm drawing from my own deck. <laughs> and so that's what I'm doing. I co wrote this deck with Sedona Soulfire and it's illustrated by Eleanor Eaton. And it
1: is one of my favorite decks. Oh, I thanks. really love it. And I really you- do. I'm not oh. saying that
0: Thank not so that much. I
1: would just say that, but it's I love I it. I believe you. Um, <laughs> I, I Okay, I was going to say, I know you do, but just letting them know. I am drawing from Alana Fairchild's Sacred, Reb- Sacred Rebels Oracle. Ooh, that's a cool one. So I drew Bring It Into Form. Ah. And it is kind of long, so I'm just going to try to wrap it up here. Let's see. We're... Um, or- You know what I'm saying? Okay, beautiful dreamer, you can imagine wonderful worlds of light. You can dream up so many possibilities. Now it is time to bring those possibilities of light into the world. They need to be more than ideas. They need to live, to manifest. The world needs not only your dreams, beautiful as they are, but also your creations. Get thee to thy desk, thy easel, thy computer. Work, beautiful dreamer. Don't just dream, create. So basically, it's about... If you've been thinking about writing a book or painting a picture or acting on an inspiration, this oracle is bringing you an unequivocal yes. Do it now. Don't dally or or dither about the details or worry about how it's all going to work out.
0: That's so interesting because I drew something similar. I drew find your motivation. Oh, that
1: is interesting. Yeah,
0: so this is the universe responds to your intentions, whether or not you know what they are. The more conscious, direct, and focused you are, the more you can successfully co-create with the universe to manifest the outcome you'd like to experience. Ask yourself, what is motivating you in this situation? What do you ultimately want to build, offer, learn, receive, or achieve, and why? If your intention is born out of love and a desire to bring more unity, harmony, and connection into your heart and the world, you will instantly experience more success by bringing this intention to your conscious awareness and phrasing it clearly and succinctly. Any intention that is less than pure, such as a desire to impress, gain attention, assert your superiority, assuage your feelings of inferiority, or fulfill some sort of societal norm or expectation will benefit immensely when you realign it with the highest vibration and ultimate truth of who you are, which is simply love. Hmm. Well, that is interesting because do you feel
1: like it's at odds with what we were saying with the resting i feel like it's like the motivation can come in you know as you're if you give yourself that room
0: that's exactly what i was tuning into that it's like like letting yourself have a breath of space to enjoy and appreciate and and like all of codependent relationships like create space and then yes. And then think like, okay, yeah, no, I, I mean, of course, I know I want to manifest this or do this or express this. Um, and why? You know, so you can mm. have that moment to just kind of get that intention clear while you are also appreciating the moment and what you already have. And then, of yeah. course, you you know, if you want to create something like your card was a lot about, like, jump in there and start creating yeah. it. That can be a, a way of appreciating the present moment also. You can take joy in that in the yes. process of it.
1: And also, sometimes when we free ourselves up to be like, okay, I'm just gonna rest and let it go, that's when it's like the ideas come, and then you Mm -hmm. feel motivated to do it, you know, to follow through on it when you're not like pressuring yourself. You don't have
0: to. Yeah, it's like a a a form of play. Yeah. All
1: right, everybody. Well, we hope you have a wonderful week. Thank you for listening. Thank you so much.
0: from the early 2000s or something.